Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Counter Melody. There's so much to say and so much on my mind, I hardly know where to begin. Of course, yesterday was a significant anniversary in the United States, a commemoration. Instead of trying to offer words of consolation or eloquence, I'm simply going to play a recording for you. A performance from Shirley Verrett's farewell recital at the Théâtre du Châtelet. Here she is singing You'll Never Walk Alone, which of course is sung by Nettie Fowler in Carousel, a role that Shirley Verrett portrayed on Broadway. death in the opera world this past week, the Martinique soprano Christiane Edapierre at the age of 88. I don't think I've played her before on the podcast, but she is a singer that I very much admire. I'm going to offer you an excerpt of her performance of Pearl Fisher's The Role of Leila. This is the aria Au Dieu Brahma. The performance took place in January 1974. Eve Queller is the conductor and Nicolai Gueda is the tenor sometimes singing in tandem with La Edapierre.
There are two more singers I want to acknowledge. One is the lirico spinto Gabriel Latucci, who died a couple months ago now, and I didn't properly acknowledge her passing. Um, sorry about that, because I did have a chance to do some research into her singing, and she's quite a beautiful artist. I think she was really undervalued in her time. Here she is singing O Terra Dio from Aida with Franco Corelli in a 19th 1962 performance. I should note that today is episode 52 of Counter Melody. That means that I've been doing this for one solid year, every single week bringing you an episode.
stunned that I made it this far. I am constantly seeking to build my listenership. Anything that you can do to help me out with that would be deeply appreciated. I won't do an ad in the middle of the episode today. I'll just say that for those who are able to support me financially, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can offer your support from anywhere from $2 a month to $2,500 a month, should you be so moved. No matter what you pledge to me, you will have access to all of my bonus material. So far, I have posted four bonus episodes, and I look forward to bringing you more in the very near future. I do also have a couple observations and corrections from my listeners for last week's episode. My friend and devoted listener Elliot pointed out to me that Lotelenia, of course, did more than one single Broadway appearance. Duh! Of course! She starred as Fräulein Schneider in Cabaret in the 60s, and that was a very significant part for her. She also, curiously, was awarded a Tony Award for her off-Broadway appearance as Jenny in the Mark Blitzstein adaptation of the Three Penny Opera in the 1950s. She also appeared in multiple roles in Kurt Weil and Franz Werfel's pageant of the Jewish people, The Eternal Road, that was in 1937. So she did have a more significant performing life on Broadway than I indicated last week. I have decided to call today's episode Opera-ish Broadway because some of these singers are opera singers, as we heard last week. Some of them were trained in opera. Some of them combined equally careers in opera and on Broadway, and others merely have a vocal pedigree that would allow them to sing opera should they choose to do so, but for the most part their careers have centered on Broadway and musicals. Of course, the most famous opera singer to have appeared on Broadway, I do believe, is Ezio Pinza. He, of course, created the role of Emile de Beck in Rodgers and Hammerstein's South Pacific. We are going to hear a little South Pacific, but not by Pinza. We're going to hear Pinza in the other role that he did on Broadway, and that was Harold Rome's Fanny, in which he portrayed Marius. Here he is singing the beautiful, quasi-naive song, Welcome Home. Why, even when I leave this neighborhood for only a day, to go to the beach or the vineyards across the bay, no matter what I do or see, After turning home again, I get to that corner and then Sweet voices, I hear sweet voices calling to me Welcome home, says the street as I hurry on my way Welcome home, sings the gate like a song. Welcome home, says the door, glad to feel your hand once more. Now you're back where you belong. Welcome home, says the chair, holding out its friendly arms. Welcome home, says the bed, 
rest on me. Now you're back where you should be. Close your eyes, close your eyes, and the world will settle down to size. Welcome home, ticks the clock. Now it's time to get undressed. Welcome home, says the floor to your shoe. Then you turn out the light and the darkness says good night. Welcome home to you, my son. Welcome home to A few weeks ago, I did an episode on that other Italian bass that appeared on Broadway, Cesare Siepi, although his primary vehicle, Bravo Giovanni, was not nearly as successful as South Pacific. In that C.A.P. episode, I played you two duets from Bravo Giovanni. Here is the 11 o'clock ballad Miranda. Incidentally, the orchestra here is conducted by none other than Anton Coppola. She's gone forever, Oh, 
The next selection comes from an unexpected place, perhaps. When Jacques Brel saw Man of La Mancha on Broadway, he was inspired to do a version in French, and none other than the great Belgian bass baritone José Van Damme took on the role of L'Homme de la Mancha. This is a 1988 recording of Dulcinea. that we were going to hear a little South Pacific. This is from a 1964 revival. Again, like last week, one of those Music Theatre of Lincoln Center revivals that were so luxuriously cast and memorably recorded. Everyone knows that Giorgio Tozzi was the voice of Rossano Brazzi in the film version of South Pacific. Giorgio Tozzi also appeared in the 1964 Lincoln Center revival of South Pacific opposite Florence Henderson as Nellie Forbush. I just wanted to mention that Florence Henderson had made her Broadway debut in the title role of Fanny opposite Ezio Pinza a few years before that. Here I'm going to offer you the twin soliloquies from that piece. For those of you who don't know the story, Mary Martin was so intimidated at the prospect of singing a duet with Ezio Pinza that she requested the format that one hears here, where both Nellie and Emile are going back and forth with their own internal dialogues rather than singing an actual duet. Wonder how I This is what I need, this is what I long for Someone young and smiling, climbing up my hill We are not alive, probably I'd bore him He's a cultured Frenchman, I'm a little hick Younger men than I, officers and doctors, probably pursue her. She could have her pick. Wonder why I feel jittery and jumpy. I am like a schoolgirl waiting for a dance. 
and I ask her now. I am like a schoolboy. What will be her answer? Do I have a chance? Another Rodgers and Hammerstein piece, which featured an opera singer, is the rather unsuccessful Pipe Dream. The lead role was taken in that piece by Helen Traubel, who we heard a few weeks ago on the Eileen Farrell episode. It's generally felt that Helen Traubel was miscast in her role, but I have to confess that I do like her very much in this number, All at Once You Love Her. This is from the original cast recording. The romance that you have waited for will come when it comes without a word of warning it will start with a sudden blare of trumpets and a rattle of drums a dream will take possession of your heart you start to light a cigarette and all at once you love you've scarcely talked you've scarcely met but all at once you love her You like her eyes You tell her so She thinks you're wise and opera singer of sorts who appeared in a Rodgers and Hammerstein piece was Dorothy Sarnoff in the original production of The King and I. Dorothy Sarnoff was an operetta and opera singer who also did this appearance on Broadway, nearly turned it down because she felt it was beneath her. Then, a few years later in the 1960s, became quite famous as a speech guru who helped women become better 
better public speakers and wrote numerous bestsellers and was a bigger success in that field than she was as a singer, even though her performance of Something Wonderful does not quite match that of Muriel Smith, which I've played for you, I think, maybe even a couple times already on the podcast. It's still a lovely portrayal. This is a man you'll forgive and forgive and help and protect as long as you The King and I also received a revival in 1964 at the Music Theatre of Lincoln Center. There, Reza Stevens, as Anna, was pitted against the King of Darren McGavin. I don't think anyone is making any claims about Darren McGavin having been the equal of Yul Brynner, nor perhaps was Reza Stevens, at that point in her career, quite the equal of Gertrude Lawrence, whose last stage role this was. But I have to say, I think her performance of Shall I Tell You What I Think of You is pretty saucy and with a lot of very nice attitude. As with so many of the other Lincoln Center revivals, the orchestra is conducted here by Franz Allers. The children, the children, I'll not forget the children. No matter where I go, I'll always see those little faces looking up at me. That Prince Chulalongkorn is very like his father. He's stubborn, but inquisitive and smart. I must leave this place before. 
must leave this place before they break my heart. All that bowing and kowtowing to remind you of your royalty, I find a most disgusting exhibition. I wouldn't ask a Siamese cat to demonstrate his loyalty by taking this ridiculous position. How would you like it if you were a man playing the part of a toad, crawling around on your elbows and knees, eating the dust in the road? Toads! Toads! All your people are toads! Yes, Your Majesty, no, Your Majesty, tell us how low to go, Your Majesty. Make some more decrees, Your Majesty. Don't let us up off our knees, Your Majesty. Give us a kick if you please, Your Majesty. Give us a kick if you would, Your Majesty. Oh, oh that was good, Your Majesty. Last week, we heard the exquisite Leevenora singing an excerpt from Kismet. She was also featured in the King and I revival, singing the role of Toptim, opposite the Lun Ta of Frank Coretta, a wonderful operatic tenor who also made more than a few appearances in musicals. Here they are, both in We Kiss in a Shadow. And here, I'd just like to extend a little shout-out to all those closeted gay boys in the 60s who turned this song into their own personal theme song. Of course I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> we kiss in a shadow We hide from the moon Our meetings are few and over too soon speak in a whisper, afraid to be heard. When people are near, we speak not a word. Alone in our secret, together we In 
1961, Lee Venora also appeared in the Alfred Drake vehicle called Keane. Keane being the famous 19th century Shakespearean actor Edmund Keane. Lee Venora performed the role of Anna Denby, the love interest. As such, she sang this gorgeous setting of the Willow Song from Othello. Until a few minutes ago, I was under the mistaken impression that the score by the team of Wright and Forrest was not based on the work of another composer, as, for instance, Kismet is based on Borodine, and Song of Norway is based on Grieg. This was not an original score. It's also based on the music of another composer, that is Camille Saint-Saëns, in this case. Here's Levenora, again, a singer who just enchants me. I hope you like her too. I had mentioned that Keane was a late starring vehicle for Alfred Drake, who also, of course, was the star of both Kiss Me Kate and Kismet, and Curly in Oklahoma, Yes Siree Bob. Even earlier than that, he sang in Rogers and Hart's Babes in Arms. Here's Alfred Drake from many years after his appearance in Babes in Arms on a 1957 radio program entitled Guest Star. Well, here's a very lovely Rodgers and Hart tune that I think is familiar to everyone from a show that I was in a good many years ago called Babes in Arms and the song is called Where or When. It seems we stood and talked 
like this before We looked at each other in the same way then But I can't remember where or when The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore The smile you are smiling, you were smiling then But I can't remember where or when Some things that happen for the first time Seem to be happening again And so it seems that we have met before And laughed before And loved before But who knows where Or when And while we're on the topic of gorgeous Broadway baritones, what better example than John Raitt, father of another singer that I absolutely revere, Bonnie Raitt, who sings a completely different kind of music, but nevertheless is a favorite of mine. So at some point, we'll do some more examination of Bonnie Raitt. But right now, let's look at her dad. And by the way, he really was a looker. His two big roles on Broadway, I would say, were Billy Bigelow in Carousel and Sid in Adler and Ross's The Pajama Game. From The Pajama Game came a very popular tune called Hey There. It was an enormous hit for Rosemary Clooney. Here's Rosie Clooney opposite John Raitt in a 1958 telecast of The Lux Hour singing the song Hey There as a duet. Hey there, you with the stars in your eyes, love never made a fool of you. You used to be too wise Hey there, you on that high flying cloud Though she won't throw a crumb to you You think someday she'll come to you Better forget him Him with his nose in the air he has you dancing on a string Break it and he won't care Won't you take this advice I hand you like a brother Are you not seeing things too clear? Are you too much in love to hear? Is it all? Hey there You talking to me? You with the stars in your eyes Me? Love never made a fool of you uh, Not until now You used to be too wise Yeah, I was once Won't you take, take this advice I hand you like a brother Oh, are you not seeing 
things too clear. Ah, you're too much in love to hear. Is it all going in one ear? And John Reardon last week. In fact, I had played a little bit of John Reardon for you from Song of Norway. Here he is in the song that he created in the Julie Stein Compton and Green musical Do Re Mi, surely the most famous song from that show, Make Someone Happy. And can I just say that John Reardon makes me very happy. And I'm really excited because I have some wonderful and rather obscure recordings of John Reardon to bring to you in season two of Counter Melody. The sound of applause is delicious. It's a thrill to have the world at your feet. The praise of the crowd is exciting. But I've learned that is not what makes a life complete. There's one thing you can do for the rest of your days. That's worth more than applause The screaming crowd The bouquets Make someone happy Make just one someone happy Make just one heart the heart Sing to one smile that cheers you, one face that lights when it nears you, one man you're everything to fame if you win it. And goes in a minute. Where's the real stuff in life to cling to? Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. And you. If you guys have heard of all of the baritones that I've been presenting, Alfred Drake, John Raitt, John Reardon, here's one that I suspect you may not have heard of before, although he was also an American and an opera singer who performed at City Opera before he took part in this production at Berlin's Theater des Westens of Annie Schieß Los in 1963. What the fuck? 
Is Anishi Los, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's Annie Get Your Gun! With new German lyrics by the famous German lyricist Robert Gilbert. We've heard his words recently in the tenor crossover episode. Anyway, here he is singing Frank Butler, Ich bin wehrlos vor ihr, aka My Defenses Are Down. And I should point out that none other than Franz Ahlers is conducting the Orchestra des Theater des Westens in this 1963 recording. <laughs> When Annie Get Your Gun was revived at Lincoln Center, just a very short period afterward, Irving Berlin composed a new song for Ethel Merman and her co-star Bruce Yarnell. We heard Bruce Yarnell last week as well, singing in that curious Offenbach hybrid called The Happiest Girl in the World. Here, he's singing Frank Butler quite literally in counterpoint with Ethel Merman. This song is structured in very much the same way as the more famous Irving Berlin song You're Just in Love from Call Me Madam, which also starred Ethel Merman, not coincidentally. We'll have an old-fashioned wedding Blessed in the good old-fashioned way I'll vow to love you forever Someday when orange blossoms bloom We'll have an old-fashioned wedding A simple wedding for an old-fashioned bride and groom I want a wedding in a big church With bridesmaids and flower girls A lot of ushers in tailcoats, reporters and photographers A ceremony by a bishop who will tie the knot and say Do you agree to love and honor? Love and honor, yes, but not obey I want a wedding ring surrounded by diamonds and platinum A big reception at the Waldorf with champagne and caviar 
wedding in a big church with bridesmaids and flower girls. A lot of ushers in tailcoats, reporters and photographers. A ceremony by a bishop who will tie the knot and say, Do you agree to love and honor? Love and honor, yes, but not obey. I want a wedding ring surrounded by diamonds and platinum. A big reception at the world's off with champagne and Another musical that is set in an historical American setting is Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg's Bloomer Girl, which starred Celeste Holm, recently offered success as Edo Annie in Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. The hit tune from this musical is Right as the Rain, which has received so many magnificent performances over the years from everyone from Leontine Price to Barbara Streisand to another singer who will be featured later on today's episode, Victoria Clark. But here, it's sung by the Metropolitan Opera mezzo-soprano Mona Pauli, who also appeared in Frank Lesser's The Most Happy Fella, excerpts of which we heard last week. That was from the late 1950s. This is a broadcast from the radio program Music by Kostelanets. Kostelanets, of course, being Andrei Kostelanets, the famous music director and arranger and conductor who was also the husband of none other than Lily Pons, who we have had the distinct pleasure of hearing a couple times on the podcast. The musical premiered in 1944, so I'm guessing that this recording is from approximately that same time period.
not even mention Porgy and Bess, certainly one of the most significant operas ever to be produced on Broadway. In fact, it was not an accidental oversight, but rather an intentional one. But I realized in retrospect that I really needed to pay tribute to just a handful of the many African-American singers of merit and accomplishment who appeared in this piece. First of all, I'm going to present to you a performance of I Got Plenty of Nothing by the baritone Leslie Scott, who appeared in a 1953 revival of the piece. He's not as well known as some of the other porgies, but I think he brings a wonderful playfulness. He's a very innocent porgy, and remember, porgy is rather a naive in a lot of ways, so I like the way that he brings out that quality of the character. Oh, I got plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. I got no car, got no mule, got no misery. The folks with plenty of plenty got a lock on the door. Afraid somebody is going to rob them while he's out to making more. What for? I ain't afraid about hell till the time arrive. Never worry long as I'm well. Never want to strive to be good, to be bad. What the hell? Ask Lyle pass alive. Plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. I got my gal, got my song, got a hymn the whole day long. No use complaining. Got my gal, got my lord, got my song. With this next example, I'm cheating just the tiniest bit, but I don't think anyone's going to complain. This is a performance featuring Lawrence Winters, who appeared on Broadway in Call Me Mister as Porgy, and Camilla Williams as Bess. I checked the IBDB database, and Camilla Williams did indeed appear on Broadway as, surprise, Madama Butterfly, which was one of her first big successes. Those of you who have listened to my episode on Camilla Williams, as well as my interviews with her most famous student, Janet Williams, will remember that this was an early success of Camilla's when she became the first African-American artist with a full-time contract with a major opera company, and her debut role was indeed as Madama Butterfly. I am not sure that Camilla ever sang Bess on stage. Don't matter. This performance from May 1956, which appeared on the Max Liebman Spectacular series, the episode entitled The Music of Gershwin, gives us Lawrence Winters and Camilla Williams, who of course participated in the first nearly complete recording of the opera in 1951. Here they are, five years later, May 1956, performing an unbelievably exquisite Bess You Is My Woman Now. Bess You Is My Woman Now Laugh and sing and dance for two instead of one. Want no wrinkle on your brow. Oh, how 
celebrated her 101st birthday on September 11th. What an accomplishment. I've been in touch with her niece, who gave me a little background information on her. And I checked, and Margaret Tynes also did appear in some small roles on Broadway, including Burton Lane and Parberg's classic Finian's Rainbow. She never appeared as Bess on Broadway, but I'm going to present you with this extraordinary recording that I got my hands on a few months ago. This is a 1956 recording of a quote-unquote concert version of the opera. It's one of the less familiar moments from the piece, perhaps. This is what you want with Bess. And here, Margaret Tynes is paired with the crown of William Dillard. I had not heard of William Dillard before, though I like his performance here very much. Turns out that he was primarily a trumpet player who also appeared in many different roles on Broadway, including Carmen Jones, Lost in the Stars, Regina, Green Pastures, a revival of Shuffle Along, and the infamous My Darlin' Aida. Oh! 
of Regina, Mark Blitzstein's fascinating hybrid musical slash opera slash play with music slash... I don't know what this actually is. We heard last week Carol Bryce, the extraordinary contralto, singing a portion of the role of Addie. Here's an excerpt from a later appearance that Carol Bryce made on Broadway, a musical called The Grass Harp, with music by Clabe Richardson and words by Kenward Elmsley. Carol Bryce is kicking us off into the next portion of the episode where we consider some comic roles sung by opera singers and quasi-opera singers. This is a hilarious lyric from The Grass Harp, which is based on a 1951 Truman Capote novel. I love the way that Bryce's character named Catherine Creek revels in this display of unfettered sexuality and desire. I could be settled down right now with a man of my own if only I'd answer the letter. Marry with me, he wrote. Catherine, marry with me. Love, Bill. What worries my mind is, which one of the Bills it was that wrote that letter? I wonder if it was a Bill who had a tattoo on his chest, a hussy all undressed. He was a plumber. Come to fix my faucet. The tools to find the leak. He lasted out the week and stayed the summer. Played the ukulele, miss him daily. When I hear dream, yeah, he's the bill who wrote "Marry with Me." Won't you marry with me, Catherine? Marry with me, marry with me, love me. man on the scene he kept my garden green did all my seeding muscles look so ripply didn't dare refuse him what he asked the high point of my past what i've been needing lasted up to some time talking about Leonard Bernstein's creations for the musical stage. Now I'm going to address performances that took place on Broadway in 1955 of his one act, it's called a comic opera, 
Trouble in Tahiti. In those performances, the role of Dinah was portrayed by none other than the comic actress Alice Ghostly. Alice Ghostly had first appeared on Broadway in 1952 in the musical review New Faces of 1952. Certainly the most famous new face that appeared in that show was Eartha Kitt. But Alice Ghostly also went on to a very significant career. If, unlike me, you are a fan of 60s TV sitcoms, you will probably remember Alice Ghostly as Esmeralda on Bewitched, Cousin Alice on Maybury RFD, and Bernice Clifton on Designing Women! I'm not a fan of those things, but I'm a fan of Alice Ghostly. This was one of the hit tunes of that review. It's called Boston Begin, and it is composed lyrics and music by Sheldon Harnick. This is called the Boston Begin. It's terribly amusing. I do hope Hope you enjoy it. Tropical nights, orchids in bloom, sultry perfume, intrigues and dangers with passionate strangers. I've seen it all as I recall. I met him in Boston, in the native quarter. He was from Harvard, just across the border. It was a magical night with romance everywhere. There was something in the air, there always is in Boston. We went to the Casbah, that's an Irish bar there, the underground hideout of the D.A.R. there. Something inside of me said, watch your heart, mademoiselle, and it might be just as well to watch your purse in Boston. We danced in a trance And I dreamed of romance Till the strings of my heart Seemed to be knotted And even the palms Seemed to be parted The Boston Begin Was casting its spell and cheap muscatel that was the story of my one romance there our dream of adventure didn't stand a chance there how could we hope to enjoy all the The books we should have read were all suppressed in Boston, exotic Boston, land of the free, home of the brave, home of the Red Sox, 
that performance, it's interesting to consider what Alice Ghostly would have brought to the role of Dinah, in particular the big what a movie scene, which I have yet to find a recording that I really, really, really like of that. I'm trying to get my hands on the one with Beverly Wolf and David Atkinson, the baritone who premiered the role of Sam. Leonard Bernstein's biggest musical flop would have been the 1976 musical 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Certainly the star turn in that piece was by the British singer and actor and comedian Patricia Routledge. She portrayed all the different first ladies over the course of history. And in this one, she portrays two simultaneously. In this so-called duet for one, Routledge performs simultaneously the role of the outgoing First Lady Julia Grant and the incoming First Lady Lucy Hayes. Given the musical aspirations (coughs) of Patricia Routledge's most famous character, Hyacinth Bouquet, in Keeping Up Appearances, it's rather amusing to realize that this woman really did have a fantastic voice, which you get to hear on this recording. Sorry about the quality of the audio, but we are lucky to have this 1976 performance in any form. They counted the ballots, and when they were done, oh, how, oh, how, far behind Tilden had Rutherford run me They counted again, again one by one. They counted and counted till Ruth of one. And now that cow is the first lady, first lady, very first lady of the land. I'm the whole new Oh, <laughs> 
Bernstein comic parts, of course, is Cunegonde in Candide. I was saying last week that I hadn't included a performance of that aria because most caused me enormous distress because they're really not very good. But here's a surprise for you. In honor of Leonard Bernstein's 50th birthday, there was a one-off performance on November 10th, 1968 of his Candide. In that performance, the role of Cunegonde was sung by Madeline Kahn. Yes, Madeline Kahn, who actually was trained as an opera singer and did sing, I believe it was Musetta, and perhaps a few other things. She went on to appear in a Candide revival as Cunegonde in the early 70s, but this performance, thank goodness we have it, it's hilarious, and it's fairly well sung. She only has one high note, the high E-flat at the end, where she sounds like a train whistle, unlike Another famous comic singer-actress who performed this part and everybody flipped out about it except for me. I love Madeline Kahn here, but I love Madeline Kahn, period, so... Thank <laughs> you. 
on the occasion of Irving Berlin's 100th birthday, there was a televised birthday celebration for him in which Madeleine Kahn also appeared. Here she sings his rather obscure but very, very amusing number, You'd Be Surprised. This was incorporated into the Ziegfeld Follies of 1919. Good evening. I'm Madeleine Kahn. There are those who would say that Berlin's perhaps most charming songs were written when he was quite young, such as the following example, which I will sing for you. Johnny was bashful and shy. Nobody understood why. Mary loved him. All the other girls passed him by. Everyone wanted to know she could pick such a bow with a twinkle in her eye she made this reply he's not so good in the house but on a bench in the park you'd be infamous chapters in Madeleine Kahn's career centers around her appearance in the musical On the 20th Century by Cy Coleman, again with lyrics by Comden and Green, for a number of rather complicated reasons which are explicated in her biography. Madeleine Kahn eventually ended up withdrawing from the role and was in fact replaced by Judy Kay, who, man, if we're talking about a great crossover artist. Judy Kay is definitely way up at the top of the list. Again, we're very lucky to have this recording from 1978 made in-house of her performance of the very funny number, Never, from On the 20th Century. Come back to him. 
him he might do something drastic. Lily, he hasn't a public on which tomorrow. They're taking his theater away tomorrow. a Tony Award for her portrayal of Carlotta in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Here's a singer who has had significant success in the other female role in that musical. That is the soprano Lisa Vroman, who has such a true and honest voice. She's one of the best of that ilk that I was talking about. Those singers who trained classically could very well sing exclusively opera should they choose to do so, but yet who has devoted the bulk of her career to operetta and specifically musicals. She's just a terrific singer and she put out this record a number of years ago and here she is singing Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again from that very Phantom of the Opera that we've just been speaking about. Wishing you were Back tears. Why can't the past? 
opposite, I would say, of Andrew Lloyd Webber would probably be Adam Gettle, the composer-lyricist, who is also the son of Mary Rogers, who composed Once Upon a Mattress and many other musicals, and the grandson of Richard Rogers. Adam Gettle himself is the best example I can think of of the genre we could, I guess, call the boutique musical. He and the playwright Craig Lucas collaborated on a significant piece called The Light in the Piazza. I saw this several times on Broadway. It's an odd piece. There are a number of problems with it, but it's also got such amazing music and the sound world that is created in this, a small ensemble. At times, it sounds like nothing more than the chamber music of Gabriel Fauré. Here's an arrangement of the song Dividing Day, which is one of the emotional cruxes of the piece. Here it's performed by the great Audra MacDonald in collaboration with the pianist Fred Hirsch. One almost doesn't have to say anything about Audra MacDonald, and certainly her performance speaks for itself. Dashing as the day we met Only there is something I don't recognize Though I cannot name it yet I know it
There's another great, great singer and performer who was involved in Light in the Piazza, and that is the singing actor Victoria Clark, who in that role was so extraordinary. She's also a wonderful person. When I was involved in the Lotte Lehmann Foundation, we had a private evening in which we paid tribute to her. It was lovely to spend a little time with her. She was a beautiful person. She's a wonderful teacher. She's now a director. She just does pretty much everything. She's one of those, as they call them, polymaths. Here she is doing a portion of the closing number of Light in the Piazza called Fable. This is from the original cast recording. But while you look, you are changing, turning. You're a well of wishes. You're a fallen There's another present-day artist who falls very much into this same category, and that is the fantastic singer-actor Rebecca Luker. She's put out a number of 
beautiful recordings of exceptional and really interesting and often off-the-beaten-path repertoire. This is her definitive performance of a one-off song composed by Julie Stein and the lyricist Carolyn Lee. Carolyn Lee, gosh, what can one say about her? She was too smart for her own good, perhaps, and was not the most congenial person in the business. And after suffering a number of career disappointments, she more or less retreated into the bottle and an early death, quite tragically. This was a late song that she wrote with Julie Stein. It's about a young widow, and the song is called Killing Time. And here it is performed by the exceptional Rebecca Luker. another singer who falls quite comfortably into this category, and that is the late, great Marin Maisie. The day that I post this episode is the second anniversary of her death from ovarian cancer. This was an indescribable loss for those of us who love music and musicals and extraordinary acting and performing. I'm going to offer you what is probably my favorite performance of hers. That was at Stephen Sondheim's 80th birthday concert on the 15th of March, 2010, her performance of Losing My Mind from Follies. The sun comes up I think about you The coffee cup I think about you I want you so It's like I'm losing my mind The morning ends I think 
about you I talk to friends I think about you And do they know It's like I'm losing my mind All afternoon Doing every little chore The thought of you Stays bright Sometimes I stand In the middle of the floor Not going Sleepless nights to think about you. You said you loved me. Or were you just being kind? Or am I losing my? Mind. So many of the numbers that one encounters in Stephen Sondheim's Follies are pastiche numbers. And that's certainly true of Losing My Mind. And you could argue that Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein also make use of pastiche in their musical showboat. I'm going to offer you one of the most beautiful examples that I know of Broadway opera-ish singers performing in duet. That is John Raitt and Barbara Cook in the duet You Are Love. I think that the way that John Raitt delivers his text is very much comparable to the way my friend Jerry Hadley brought the words to life in such a vivid and careful way. Day with you. 
taking a few weeks to gear up for Season 2 of Counter Melody. I will be offering you in the intervening weeks a few teasers for the upcoming season. God, I have so many ideas. Do join me over the next few weeks, and then in mid-October, I'll be rolling out Season 2 of Counter Melody. In the meantime, my dear friends, keep this song in your hearts. Gundlach.